Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. All right, folks, thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Bucks America Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Vance. Tonight's episode, I have Jake Mensil here present for for the podcast. We just got done eating. My wife made us some delicious venison burger wontons with some yum-yum and sriracha sauce. Now, but uh, we've had a nice little chance to warm up and talk about what we want to discuss tonight because this is the second time, no, third time, second time on the podcast, yes. And every time we have him on here, we're always talking about something new. And he has had a fantastic season. He just capitalized on a 180 class monster buck from Wisconsin. And that was the within the first week of opening. So it's like you can't go wrong with that. And uh, I think, like, I want to know more about this buck. Like, give us the history. Like, if you can go back as far as you can to give us this beautiful paint, this picture for us, because we have plenty of time in the world. Yeah, so last year, I kind of mentioned on the last podcast we did together, uh, Caden and I picked up permission to hunt a nice piece of property just south of uh, just south of school, and uh, we started hunting it late October. Didn't have any pictures of this guy until the night before gun season. Had one picture on a small three-acre cut bean field um, at like 5 o'clock at night right after dark, and didn't think much about it. He was probably like a 140-inch deer. Um, and then didn't see him the rest of the year, no pictures, no nothing. So come around to this summer, we decided that we were going to plant two food plots, one on the east side of the property, one on the west side. Okay. And, uh, the one on the west side, we were going to plant an acre of clover. And then that's, it was right on that small bean field that we had a picture of him the night before gun season. It was actually kind of planned more around a nice three-year-old that we had on last year okay. that we would assume would make a big jump this year as a four-year-old. And uh, so this year, the field is about three acres of corn and about an acre of our clover that we planted. And we started working on that in May and then had it, it was all up pretty good by the end of June. Got my first picture of him, um, man, I, I want to say it was like June 26th, had one picture of him. Was this on one of the food plots or was yep. it? Okay. Which on, on the clover plot, okay. which was actually exactly where I had the picture of him last year in this or in uh, november so it was basically almost the exact same spot just obviously a different time of year all right and had one picture of them then had another picture of them a week later i had probably 10 pictures of them one night i think it was july 3rd i had about 10 pictures of them he was with a doe and obviously had a ton of growing to do still but i could just see all this all this webbing and mass and whatnot on his left side and could see his, you know, his G2 kind of kicking back and uh, knew he was going to be a nice buck, but mm-hmm. then didn't have any pictures of him the rest of the month and didn't think much o- much else of it. Uh, we had him on, did have him on once at the end of the month in that same clover field with, uh, you know, no, no daytime pictures. These were all middle of the night. Okay. And then uh, we had him on, I think it was August 3rd also, and then nothing from August 3rd until August 28th. And little did we know, August 28th was going to basically be the turning point. We had him on every single night 
for two weeks. I think that he we actually had him on 15 out of 20 nights between the night that I shot him. Okay. And he was only daylight two times and the second time being the night that I shot him. So then I, Caden and I kind of strategically planned when we were going to go out and hunt this deer. And we mm-hmm. were only going to hunt him on perfect winds. And uh, opening night, we decided not to hunt him. Caden went to the north end of the property to hunt uh, another 10-pointer that we had on camera. I backed out. I ended up going up north uh, to Buffalo County with my girlfriend, sat with her opening night. And then on Sunday night, I went in for my first hunt of the year after him. Caden filmed me. Uh, didn't see him, saw two does mm-hmm. um, and a fawn. And then I didn't go back in after him until the second Thursday of uh, bow season. And had no real luck there. Saw a couple does, a couple small bucks, uh, but no real success. And then Friday, September 18th was my third hunt after him, which was the sixth, would have been the sixth day of the season. Went in, got in super early. I'm sitting there, and usually this spot is traditionally just kind of a late movement spot. Okay. We hadn't been seeing much, especially on cameras, until that last, like, 20 minutes of light. All right. So uh, got in there, and I texted Caden about an hour and 45 minutes to two hours before dark. I was like, man, there's already deer in the plot. And it wasn't a giant temperature drop. We had a pretty big temperature drop the night before on Thursday. Yes. It went from went from the high 70s down to the down to the low 60s on Thursday which was I kind of I thought that maybe he would move on Thursday and he didn't um and then Friday was about the same temperature uh but it was still a good night mm-hmm. and uh these does came out early they fed for a half hour I had a couple that came right in under 5 yards and they kind of exited the plot with about 45 minutes left I had a young two-year-old eight-pointer come in that we have had on camera all right and we've had a lot of pictures of those two running together and so i texted caden and i told him you know the clover eight just came in we call him the clover eight because that's like the only spot we get pictures of him all right i said the clover eight just came in i said he's always been running with yukon which is what we named him oh that's the yukon yeah we named him yukon just because of the the mass he has he looks like a moose like he does from the yukon so we named him Yukon, and uh, I said, you know, the Clover 8's been running with Yukon a lot. I wonder if Yukon will show tonight. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. And I'll be honest, I, I tried taking a picture of this two-year-old eight-pointer with my phone in the blind. Okay. And it's still, we still had probably 40 minutes left at least before dark. All right. And I didn't realize that, uh, you know, it was dark enough in the blind still. And my flash went off. This is the oh, big. No. This is the biggest. I don't tell anyone about this because I'm kind of embarrassed about it. But <laughs> it is what it is. I, you live and you learn. But the buck, the two year old eight pointer, was the only one in the field, and he saw it, and he kind of just was on edge. He didn't run. Didn't really know what happened. He just kind of exited the plot, walked okay. back into the woods, and I kind of was like, "Well, that's you know, that's kind of it." So all of a sudden, I hear something in the corn to my left. So we have this blind brushed into the corn. All right. And the corn's right up against the road, and then the clover's on the inside of it up against the woods, so the plot's real secluded. And we have this blind on this, like, four-foot platform just to see over the hill. Okay. And it's brushed into the corn, and I heard something in the corn, and I look, and there's, like, a cardinal sitting right to my left and on the, cor- on the corn stalk right next to me. Okay. And I was, I was like, man, I'm like, every time you, like, see a cardinal that when you're hunting, that's supposed to be good luck, and that's yeah. someone from up above, you know, sending you a message. And I, I, I just thought of my, my uncle that... Uh, passed away at a young age and uh, I just I mean he, we had the same hobbies and mm-hmm. even though I was young I remember yeah. him and remember him 
you know, hunting and whatnot. And I know that if, you know, he was here, he would have been with me that night. And I just kind of thought about, you know, what would he, what would he be saying to me right now if he was sitting with me? Yeah. And I was like, well, he, you know, he'd say, if, you know, if you get a shot, you know, take your time. You got this, you know, this is what you've put all the work in this year for. Uh-huh. And I no more picked up my head and I looked and Yukon was standing at 36 yards in the clover oh, man. with a young buck that I seen the night before. Okay. And, uh, I was just, I, I couldn't believe it. I had every single picture that we had. We have four cameras on that food plot. Okay. That way we can catch every bit of movement. Uh-huh. And every single night that he came out, he came out from the south end of the plot and entered and crossed right in front of the blind and walked to the north. Okay. So we had originally planned for our access to come in from the south, but because of our intel of where he was coming in, we didn't want him to walk in on our track or anything like that. So we always came in from the north. Okay. And uh, he... It just so happened that that night was the first night that I'm aware of that okay. he ever came in from the north. All right. So I had one window on the south side of the blind half opened because you can only see about halfway out the blind. Obviously, like over half it's brushed into the corn, yes. but there's just, you know, the front left corner window, the front right corner window, and then the very front window. So I had the very front window uh, just barely opened halfway. Okay. And then the front left window was dropped just barely halfway just enough where i could get a shot out where i could still sit you know below the window without him seeing me okay and uh so when he came out on the north end with probably man a half hour left of light i was like oh my goodness like what am i gonna do because i felt like my hands were tied i was sitting in a chair and i didn't know i was like well i don't really want to move my chair and set it up and shoot out of my chair and uh i was like okay so the first thing i did i just i moved my chair i got on the ground Got on my hands and knees. I grabbed my bow, grabbed my rangefinder. Okay. And I'm, I'm just kind of looking through this window, and I'm, I had all the windows set up so I could drop them if I had to. Mm-hmm. Well, this window I had set up so I would drop the entire window, and I didn't want to drop the entire window because I was like, man, I'm going to stick out like a sore thumb if I drop this entire yeah. window. So I'm watching him, and he's still he's eating in the clover at, you know, I think I ranged him at 36 yards the first time, and he's just he never paid attention to me being there, nothing, and just kind of fed and i was like man i don't want to drop the window right now i'm gonna wait until it's about time to shoot and i sat there and i thought about it and i'm like that doesn't make sense why would i why would i do that because once he starts once he starts moving mm-hmm. you know it's gonna be go time i'm gonna have to do it yes and uh i'm like okay his head's down he's not paying attention right now i'm just gonna i readjusted the window buttoned up the bottom one that way only half of it would drop so then i dropped the, the top part and we used those I don't know if you've ever heard the muddy three-person, 270-degree blinds. So yes. you can see through the screen, 270 yeah. I've degrees. I've seen them. I haven't used one yet, but I've seen them at Gander Outdoors. And yep. And stuff. They're, they're sharp. They're really yeah. nice. Yeah, they're awesome. I mean, you can't shoot through them, but, I mean, you can see through them pretty well. Yes. So, I mean, it's can. it's just enough to see that, you know, the deer is there. I mean, it's not very clear. You kind of do have to open the window a little bit if you want to yeah. see. But uh, I was using that, and I just stayed below the window, the window opening, and I was looking through the screen, and... I was just waiting for him to, you know, either turn broadside or walk towards up towards the corn kind of parallel with me. And I was like, man, he's going to, what he had been doing was when he was going south to north, he was coming up along the edge of the corn where I was at, and he was walking right in between where my camera was and where the blind was. And okay. I had a camera at like probably eight yards from the blind. All right. And I would get him going from one end of the plot to the other, but I wasn't picking him up on that camera in front of the blind which told me he was walking the edge of the corn because then on my on my north camera i could see was hugging the corn okay 
So he was gonna. He had them coming within two to three yards of the blind, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm letting this deer get that close. I'd rather take a shot out at 35 yards mm-hmm. than take mm-hmm. a shot at five yards. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, under five yards, that's one of the toughest shots to make. Yes, unless you're really seasoned recurve. You know, it's tough. Like right. We, we talked about that earlier about some of my encounters with some of the, the does that I that I had at five, seven, ten yards, and it's like. It is tricky with uh, yep. if you're sight if you don't if you if you have a slider a little bit different you have a little different um, pendulum for for different range but with our tetras it's it's it provides a an interesting challenge in how you're on to make it work make it just right right yeah so he he starts coming up he starts walking to the corn and I kind of assumed he was gonna walk to the corn and then walk along the edge of the corn towards me and as soon as he broke for the corn he was at 35 yards. And I'm like, okay, now this is, you know, this is my chance. So I'm on my knees, I draw back, and I'm like, oh man, the window wasn't dropped low enough for mm-hmm. me to shoot over it. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I can't shoot for my knees. So I kind of crouched up. All right. And as I'm crouching up, the front, my front hand on the blind, or my front, my bow hand holding my bow, just nicked the blind. And he, he picked his head up. So I didn't even have to, I didn't have to stop him. He picked his head up. He looked right at me. And I was able to get up, and I was, at this point, I'm in, like, a full-on, like, squat. Okay. And I just, you know, I took my time, and I knew I didn't have, I knew I didn't have a lot of time, and I let it fly at, I still had my Tetra set at 35 yards, and I figured he was right in that 35-yard range, and I dropped a dead center on him. I was just a touch, a touch back. Um, I ended up hitting, ended up hitting both lungs on the front side but just with the angle that i had to kind of turn my body out of the blind okay i did come out uh just on the very front side of the guts i i it wasn't i didn't think it was a quartering two shot i thought it was kind of like a dead broadside shot but okay. it was just one of those the angle that i kind of had to turn my body to it came out a little bit farther back than i wanted um and i kind of i had a feeling that that might be the case so at that point you know caden who was on the podcast with us you know a couple months back yeah, he's my best friend, and we've been hunting there this year and doing all this work together. And he actually had COVID, so he wasn't able to be there, which stinks that we weren't able to share it together. But mm-hmm. uh, first thing I did, I just I couldn't believe it. I was I didn't realize he was this big. I knew he was big, but I didn't know he yeah. was this big. And uh, I just dropped to the blind floor because I'm obviously it's the biggest buck I've ever shot. Yeah. And oh yeah, it's, just, it's massive. So I just I just I dropped to the floor of the blind, and I'm. I called him and he knew the call because it was at that point it was like probably 15 20 minutes before dark by the okay. time he actually he I mean it took him 15 to 20 minutes before I shot him okay and uh I called Caden and the, fir- the first thing he said when I called him was is he dead I'm like yes he's dead I'm like I'm like he's dead man I'm like it's right where it needs to be and he was I think he was more excited than I was and I'm I'm not willing to, or I'm not uh, against giving credit where it's due. I mean, that deer is just as much Caden's buck as it is mine. I mean, we yeah. we put in the work together, and there's nobody else I would have rather did it with. And I'm just so happy that, you know, we were able to put in all the work this year and then make it count. Yeah, I but, know what you mean. I know it's exactly what you mean because last year we had uh, was going to be our good year, but my viewers already know us. But I got booted from my. Uh, my pub, my, my private line to access, and it's like it was going to be our year. And she was going to go up. She had we had a, de- a deer dubbed um, Dark Man, which is mine because he always showed up, always always dark, whether it be the morning or at night. It's like it's right there at dusk or dawn. And then she had a Maverick from Top Gun because the way his 
Matt just is really wide, not very tall, but just massive and really wide, and just kind of gave her that uh, feeling of him because it's like he, whenever we saw him on camera in the daylight, he'd just be strutting his stuff, right? And right. it's kind of like like he's HBI or he's the head honcho in the area, yeah. And but things change, but I'm glad that like this is a rewarding moment. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. And I mean, the next thing that came to mind after I talked to Caden was my uh, my stepdad Trevor. Who I mean, he taught me pretty much everything I know about hunting big whitetails everything yeah. that i didn't learn elsewhere on my own yeah you know he was the one that kind of introduced me into hunting bow hunting whitetails my dad got me into hunting a little bit at, at a young age but trevor got me into like hunting for big bucks and whatnot and i i called him and he's like he's like no way you shot him and i'm like yeah and it just it was a super cool moment for us to share together because this is my first full season not hunting you know with him and him helping me and yeah. you know the land you know, me hunting on his piece of land with them, okay. the land he has access to. So it's just kind of cool to for Caden and I to kind of do it on our own this year. It was like my first like big boy step as a hunter. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. us finally kind of doing it on our own, and we put a lot of research in and figuring out what to plant and when to plant it, and you know for what. And it just so awesome that it paid off. So then I I got out of the blind after I talked to Trevor and Caden, and yeah. Trevor's like, well, go look at your arrow and, you know, just see what you got. And that's kind of what I planned on doing. And okay. I went and looked at it and it, it looked pretty good. I had blood. I had good blood on and I knew it, I knew it was a fatal hit. Okay. But I didn't know that I can't, I probably came out a little bit far back. All right. Just based off kind of what I had. And, uh, so Trevor's like, man, you know, you could wait a couple hours and go back in. And I was like, I just, I'm like, I don't want a chance. I'm like, I'm for sure not going to go back in until I had shot him around seven o'clock. Okay. So I was like, I'm for sure not going to go back in until probably 1 or 2 in the morning. Oh, wow. So it turned so I, to a long night for you. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of also leaning towards not uh, not looking that night. I was going to wait till the morning. Well, you have coyotes. Uh, so good thing you went back. Well, good thing you went back out. I did actually wait till the morning. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to that. But Uh-oh. I talked with uh, okay. Chris, Chris Hamm at HHA. We're friends. And we talked. And I called him and got his input. And... He's like, you know, obviously the deer is dead. He's like, but you know, a deer that size, you just hate would hate to push him if he's still if he's still living. And uh, we all kind of talked about it. And I t- I called Jason, my boss, with yeah. Takedown Adventures, and yeah. he shot a handful of big bucks. And he's like, man, he's like, I, I think you should, you know, I think you should wait till morning. They're like, you know, you did the right thing backing out because I kind of made the call. I'm like, I'm I'm not even gonna go look for blood right now. I just yeah. I looked at the arrow, I stuck it in the ground, and I walked out. And uh, so I'm on my way back, and I had called Lacey and told her, my girlfriend Lacey, that I was coming back, and that I shot the buck, and she couldn't, she didn't believe me, and she wanted to go track. I'm like, no, we got, you know, we have to yeah, wait, we yeah. have to wait, and uh, so I waited till the next morning, and you know that's all bluff country over there, so I knew I'm like, this deer is a hog. Like if I'm gonna get him out, I'm not gonna get him out on my own, and no. I didn't want to. Most of the time, I'll just pack my deer out on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i was like i don't i didn't want to mess with the cape or anything on him i was like this deer's way too special to kind of mess mess that up so i wanted to take him to someone that knew what they were doing and oh so you wanted somebody else to process and break the, and, right i'll always process my own deer but, but this was one that i was like yeah real special I just, yeah and i didn't want to i don't want to wreck anything that you know uh, i just yeah. it's i wanted to kind of i want to be able to have this moment too for for later mm-hmm. and uh so i went back and talked it over with everyone got a lot of input and i decided that i was going to wait till the next morning okay so i knew i needed if i was going to drag him out of there i knew i was going to need help 
so I called my buddy Max, um, who goes to school down in Madison, and he okay. was actually back home because we were on quarantine at this point okay. for school at Lacrosse, and so was Max at Madison. So Max was like, "Dude, he's like, I'll drive, I'll drive over first thing in the morning to come help you look." And I'm like, "Seriously?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, you bet." So Lacey and I planned to meet him there at seven o'clock to go look for the deer. Okay. And uh, man, I Lacey and I went to bed. At, I was tired. Went to bed at 10 o'clock. I didn't fall asleep till midnight, and I woke up at 1 in the morning. I, I could not – I mean, I could not sleep. I, yeah, you it, always hear about it, but, I mean, it's nothing that you – it's nothing you really realize until you're in that position. You know, I I was even on the way home. I was like, man, I'll be able to sleep tonight. Like, I can get my mind off of it, and it's it, – you just can't. Yeah, I know what you mean because it's like we had to leave bikes. We couldn't go check them, but <laughs> – why I was like so why we waited so long because I knew the deer was dead because I, I double lunged him but what ended up happening is that his his shoulder blade broke the arrow so there was a good uh, 16 inches of arrow still stuck in his rib cage so uh, this guy's dead he's not and he, oh yeah, he, sure enough, he went 40 yards and tipped over right so it's like but he's, but he's like I know what you mean though because like that all night long it's like I wasn't sure what to expect either because I, I luckily for me I was exhausted because it's like we're driving from uh, Rochester area all the way back here right and I already get done with it so it's like I slept alright but it's like I tell you what it's like I didn't even wake up my alarm didn't even wake me up it's like I just felt the sunlight it's like it's go time we gotta go <laughs> yep my, the landlord wasn't very happy at 6 o'clock in the morning but it's like you know <laughs> right. I, I wanna try to maybe salvage the day and go back in and, and do a half day but uh, that didn't happen right yes we got back there and we, we just started started looking and had blood right where my arrow was where I had marked the night before okay and then uh, he ran like probably 15 yards through the clover before he tucked back into the woods. All right. And I didn't have a drop of blood through the clover. And uh, we got up to the edge of the woods, and my buddy Max found just a small drop. And it was the it was the it was right on the edge of the woods where I was pretty certain that he ran in because he mm-hmm. ran in right behind my north camera. And uh, I had an idea where this buck was living, which was I mean we never stepped foot in the woods there after the end of June mm-hmm. when we hung a camera down on the bottom. And uh, that was kind of our plan was to stay out of the woods because I knew that's where them deer live. They live out on a point there. And so I I said, well, I know he kind of went. He's going to go towards that point. He's going to run this ridge side. And uh, we at this point, we're at like 30 yards, couldn't find blood. I said, all right, Max, you take the, take the top runway. Lacey, you kind of take the bottom mm-hmm. or the middle runway, and I'll kind of take the bottom. I said, but make sure you kind of scan because, I mean, when they're hurt, they're not going to always run down run down a runway so we're kind of looking and we're on like this bowl of this of this giant ridge and i was just kind of glassing at this mm-hmm. point yeah i was because we're probably like 45 minutes in and i wasn't i'm a firm believer like you can't go ahead when you're tracking you got to go real slow yes. but i kind of walked around a spot that i knew like I, di- I didn't think he'd be i just kind of slowly walked to a spot where i could glass just to see where maybe he went okay and i i had my phone and i was getting really nervous mm-hmm. and uh all of a sudden my phone starts vibrating and it's Lacey. She said, she's like calling me Okay. and she's standing like 40 yards away from me. And I'm like, I looked at her. I said, why are you calling me? And she's like, she's like, well, is this blood? And I'm like, oh my God. so I walk over there. Okay. Well, this blood had like pretty much dried up on the leaf. So it, we ah. thought it was part of the plant. Then yeah, you look, could, but then you could, look right underneath it. And there was, there was more. A, yeah, there was, there was plenty more. So she found it first. I mean, it was like a needle in a haystack. It felt like, cause he didn't bleed the first 60 yards. Yeah. And then, uh, sure enough, she got she got on that, and we found him within like five minutes. But it was just you could you could just tell too that he went down one runway because you could see it was all torn up where he had just tore through there. Like I mean, yeah, 
I've, n- I've never seen anything like it. Like the ground and everything was just tore up. And then he kind of went into this thick patch. And this thick patch wasn't very big, but it was right on the end of this point. All right. And it, you kind of you get through this like 10, 10 yard thick patch. Okay. And my buddy Max is like, you know, I'd put an arrow on your bow. Like we're probably pretty close. And just in case he's still alive. And we it, it kind of went up the hill a little bit. And I'm standing right on this right on this cliff overlooking the Mississippi. Like, you can see Iowa from where we're at. Okay. I'll never forget. I mean, we got to that top of that point, and I could just see him land down there, and his head was laying right on a log, just like this. So I'm looking at him from your angle like that. Oh, wow. And you can just see all the mass in that tine laying there, and Jesus. it just, it was, it was unreal. It's to be like coming in, it's like a your own worst nightmare i guess because because it's like because it's, it's such a monster buck and the rack is is so impressive it's like you, you wouldn't think it's something that majestic and have everything put together like that right yeah it was i mean besides what you mentioned before the coyotes got to him and ate his back end yeah but i mean it was it's not the, that big a deal no no i i mean i'll shoot plenty of does this year and it's it stinks that you know meat you know is i shouldn't say it goes to waste because i mean you know the coyotes ate it and then the rest of the year since i took it in to get caped and whatnot okay. the rest of the year was donated to i don't know if it's like the local food pantry okay but the meat gets donated so the front half of the deer and the back straps got donated oh and so you get no meat off of it then no no i didn't take any meat off of it why did you decide not to do that so basically my my thought process was it was you know it was a half a deer and I was taking it to a processor to have him cape it because okay. I was the only person I had to cape it. My tax thermos was out of town. All right. So the processor was going to cape it, and the processing fee was like I think it was about a hundred bucks with the caping fee at twenty five. Okay. And uh, I would normally do all my I would normally do all of my own. You know, I do all my own meat, doughs, box, uh-huh. everything. But this one with having them caped and whatnot, I was only going to be bringing home like a half a deer, and I was I had to drive two and a half hours north to to get them oh, caped. Oh shit. So at that point it was kind of I was like, man, if I take them all the way back home, it, you know, it's going to be pretty warm and that's going to be two shoulders was basically what I was going to get. Oh, so, so they did a number on then. Yeah. Do you have any pictures did you have any pictures of the of the uh of what they damaged? Uh I'd have to I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, okay. I mean the the whole the whole backside was done. Oh, like really? The, the whole... So you must have a cuz like mine when I came across mine, it just ate a right it just ate out the private parts. That's it. It ate out it's it ate out the the, the gonads, the the and then it also ate the uh urine sac too and also part of the colon. Yep. So it's like it, it brick cutting through everything and pulling the that out was actually quite easy. And yeah. so and I still had a lot of ham left on both sides. So right. all I did was just cut like three or four millimeters down. I just knew when I was going to cook these pieces of meat. I got to. I, I was going to make sure they're fully cooked. So that's why I right. kill anything off. But man, that's that's rough. You must you must have a lot of coyotes on your property. Oh yeah, ton. I mean a ton. That that'll be our biggest priority this winter when it comes to the off season is doing a little bit of coyote hunting to try to manage that. But I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the, man. I'll, I'll volunteer because that's yeah. just like I hate coyotes, man. Because <laughs> it's like I've been in your shoes and it's like it's not fun. Yeah. So no, I mean. It's things that we didn't get any meat off them. It's nice that I can, you know, cherish this. And I'm not a trophy hunter by any means. I, I mean, I'll target mature. I like to target mature deer, but I'm gonna also shoot. I'm gonna shoot my fair share of does, you know, to keep the yeah. doe to buck ratio in check. So I mean, now I have all season to shoot as many does as I want. Really. Yeah, I'm still I'm still hunting my buck down, man. I don't even know what I don't even have a target buck. It's like I'm just hoping I see a buck. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was talking to Hunter uh, Schmidt on 
Monday, and he says like just don't don't feel judgmental or anything like that if you don't have a buck of of uh, the Yukon size. But it's like it's like the buck you shoot is probably the only buck that's sitting on that property. So right, I, I'm looking forward to it. My goal is is to get Alicia in front of a doe or a buck and to punch that tag because she has not killed a deer yet with her bow and you awesome. need, need to pop that cherry so it's like I'm, I'm it's like what i'm really looking forward to and yeah and the nice thing is like over the years it's like i've taught her some really good techniques about how to how to grunt and how to bleat and then also how to rattle so it's like we haven't we haven't had the success of rattling something in yet but you right. know you, you keep practicing until something shows up right because it's like i got my i shot that guy and i grunted him and that that was a 45 minute shot to pull on that guy wow because it's like he came in at 40 yards but there was a tree in his way and then i grunted and i didn't just enough to keep his attention when he turns and he comes back down on the other side of the fence to the neighbors walks down the embankment still covered in trees then he finally then he stops for i don't know three four minutes it seems like it was like for 20 minutes grunting again Got him moving, got him underneath the tr- underneath the fence line, and then I started watching him come through. And he got behind this tree, and it's like, well, that tree is at thirty one yards. It's like, all right, so I'm, he's in. He's like, I started dressing my slider on, on my old uh, uh, HHA site, and then grunted one more time, and, and I got and this. And they're like, this is like, mind you, this is forty five minutes of right. patiently waiting, and yeah. he finally gave me the shot at twenty six yards, and I didn't have any blood. So it's like I just wow. I just knew my shot was going to he was going to die and I was using my veteran and it opened up double lungs and it's like it had stopped if I had just probably like sixty more grains and it went straight through right awesome yeah so it's like but I've been, yeah now at least the nice thing is this dough excuse me your buck was donated and everybody else will have a chance to taste it does did the, by chance did the butcher ever ask for any pictures of it so this way the whoever actually whoever gets the chance to eat this meat kind of see where it came from yeah i think they took a picture of it right before they kind of cleaned it up and stuff not with me in it but they did mm-hmm. take a picture of it right away so this way then the way yeah. people can see like this is your where your meals are coming from right yeah i mean it was a crazy crazy start to the year i mean for Lacey and i both i mentioned to you that i got my girlfriend Lacey on her first buck that week also yeah so we had you know we had hunted saturday for her on opening day okay. and then monday i told you that you know they sent us back online like after the first week of school all right they send us back online so i'm mm-hmm. like and i'm a resident assistant at uwl so i work for the university and i live in the residence halls and uh so i'm like man what am i gonna do because they wanted me to lock down for two weeks stay there and i wasn't supposed to leave unless i was going to work or Ugh. exercise prison and i was like and i knew i already had plans to, or plans to go hunt this guy so I was going to stay with Lacey for a couple of days and then I was going to go back home and yeah. uh, I was going to actually go home Monday and I looked at her and I was like, tonight shouldn't be that bad. We were going to sit on a pond. I yeah. Said, I said, you want to go in and try it? And she's like, she's like, yeah, let me finish this hour of homework that I have. I'm like, all right. So we left Monday. I mean, it was a very much a spur of the moment decision to go there. Yes. And uh, we got in and she was going to probably shoot any buck that she saw really. Cause mm-hmm. it was her, it's her first time bow hunting at all. She shot a, she shot a young eight pointer when she was like 15 with a gun. And then she shot a couple does. Okay. Um, but this is like the first time she's bow hunted and she's pulling back 35 pounds. So not a lot. So her range is limited. Yes. It's only out to 20 yards. We had a fork come in right behind us early in the evening, no shot or anything. And then we had a okay. doe, we had a doe come in 
<clears throat> excuse me, had a doe come in with probably an hour and a half left of light. All right. And she kept looking up this hill. And that, for probably a half hour, I could hear something up on the top of this ridge. And we were kind of down on the bottom on this water hole. And uh, I'm like, man, I said, Lace, you know, something's got to be up there. And my bet is the buck. Okay. Well, Did you guys have a, 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 a hit, hit, uh, list, hit list buck for that, one, for that pond? Uh, not really. We, I mean, we have a couple, my dad, that's up where my, uh, my dad, my grandpa hunt. That's where I did hunt with them. Okay. Um, and they have, they have like two or three nice bucks on camera up there. Uh, but hers was pretty much just, you know, whatever we could shoot. She ended up shooting a, a decent two-year-old. Um, but so anyways, or a buck, 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 okay. buck. Yep. So this buck starts working in and I can, I can see him. Uh, just through the top window of the blind and he's working down to this pond and I'm like okay you know Lace get ready and she's like okay okay and so I'm like okay draw because he was about to walk right in front of the blind at like five yards okay and I said draw she draws well she gets her pant caught in her cam between her cam and her string and Uh I've done that twice in like just practicing like practicing outside with lots of layers with a Uh jacket yeah and both times the strings came off so i was having like flashbacks i'm like oh my goodness not now like it can't happen now (laughs) and i said just i said let because she was like half back yeah i said said, let let down so she lets down and i like am trying to pull the string on my own and like get her jacket out of there right or pants out of there i get it out and i'm like okay i'm like you know draw back again so i'm filming and uh this deer is drinking at the water, and he's at the close side of the pond, and it's at like eight yards. All right. Perfect. I mean, just slightly quartering away, pretty pretty much broadside, but the angle she's at, I mean, it's a perfect quartering away shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug-and-play type of scope housing where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20-yard mark, you can really fine-tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring, which helps with peep alignment, as well as a built-in scope level, which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations, as well as a dovetail or tournament edition. Uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow. And the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. I'm like, this would be perfect. I'm like, she really can't, as long as she doesn't hit forward, anywhere back is going right up into the vitals. All right. And uh, she's 
I'm not saying she's not shooting. She's not shooting, and I'm filming it. And I'm like, shoot, shoot. She doesn't shoot. Well, all of a sudden, the deer kind of like boogers, runs up to the top end of the pond at like 17 yards. All right. And uh, I'm like, shoot him right. I stopped him. I went, Matt. He stopped. I'm like, shoot. And no shot. She lets it down. She's like, Jake, like, I couldn't see through my peep sight. My peep sight was twisted. I'm like, well, you could have told me. Like, I, w- I could have turned it. Yeah. And uh, so I just, I watched this deer goes up on the hillside and uh-huh. feeds off, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, like, thinking he's probably not going to go back. She's freaking out because she's upset and upset it didn't happen. And those, the does that were in there, were two does in there, too, and they just took off. Okay. But the buck didn't really, I think the does are what picked us out maybe or picked her out you know whatever it was yeah but the the buck had no clue i said you know there's a chance he might come back well she's pretty down in the dumps about it and like 40 minutes later i look up on the side hill and he's standing there again Ah. and he's coming back and i'm like i'm like ladies get ready you know he's coming and it's a it's he would have been an eight pointer but he had like one really nice side and uh, like I said, he's just a two-year-old eight-pointer, but he had one real nice tall side. And then the other side, he just grew like a stub. He had like two points on his left side. <laughs> and uh, so he starts coming back in, and it took him like a half hour. And he skirts the runway just around the bottom side of the pond at like 22 yards. And yeah. I'm like, you know, she, her her range was, you know, 20 yards. And her, uh, she shoots the HHA optimizer light. Okay. So I have to just mark off 15 and 20 yards because, I mean, at 35 pounds, there's actually a pretty big difference, you know, if you're shooting at 15 or 20 yards. Yeah, especially like my wife tries to practice out of 40 yards just to kind of make the 20-yard shots feel more comfortable. Right. Yep. So I just – and I wasn't – I don't think she was comfortable taking it, and I wasn't comfortable having her shoot that far. Mm -hmm. So we let the deer go, and he walked out into the bottom way below us, and I was like, I don't know. I'm like – probably going to be it for the night we had like 20 minutes left and yeah she's she's kind of you know down and sad and all of a sudden i hear something to my right coming up from the bottom i heard it standing there and i just kind of tried to peek out the window and it's it's brushed my dad my grandpa brushed it in so well like i couldn't see out the window and all of a sudden she's like oh there he is and as she's saying it she's drawing back and i'm like okay and i just kind of quick got the camera up to where i thought he was he's walking around the back side of the pond at like probably 15 yards, goes to 18 yards. He's broadside walking. All he's got to do is stop. And I couldn't see him at this point, so I okay. couldn't stop him. All right. And he turns and faces straight at us, starts drinking in the water. And she's at full draw. And I, I videoed it, and she was at full draw for a minute and a half. I mean, a minute wow. and a half is a long time with that a bow, is. and you got a buck, you know, your first buck it's standing like there. Gotta, yeah. shaking. Yeah, and I was this close to telling her, you know, like, let down, just let down quietly, and then regroup. And he finally, after a minute and a half, he starts turning. I said, as soon as he turns, like, put it on him and I'll stop him. And, I mean, he he starts turning, he starts walking, and I didn't even get the mat out of my mouth. And she shot, <laughs> made a perfect made a perfect shot, um, double lung. He ran, he did run probably, I don't know, maybe 200 yards. Wow. But, yeah. Man, he, got some, he got some stamina in him. Yeah, I would guess, I mean, it could have been one lung, but my guess was two, my guess was two lungs. Because okay. we, we did find him right away. We went and looked after an hour. So we went and looked, and it didn't take us very long to find him. We had pretty decent blood. Uh, but, yeah, he ran down the edge of a cornfield and then just kind of bailed into the corn about 10 yards and uh-huh. tipped over. So she shot that on Monday night 
of the first week. So season opened on Saturday. She shot hers Monday. Yeah. And I shot mine on Friday. So we shot ours, you know, four days apart, which was awesome. Insane. Crazy start to the season. Yeah, it is. It's like, that is a remarkable, that's just, that's awesome. And you were telling me that you got some new gear, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. For my buck, I got, uh, some of the new Sitka stuff and it, it, it came in the day I, the day I got it. And I usually, you know, scent crush my clothes. I have a scent lock bin yeah. and then I have the scent lock generator and I throw it all in there and crush it. And normally I'd wash it and all that. And I was like, okay, well, I'm like, I can probably run a quick load quick. Tried to, you know, descent it, whatever, picked it up on my way to the farm. And, uh, I was like, man, I, I'm not a hundred percent confident that it's going to be all scent free yet. Yes. I'm like, so I'll pick up, uh, try a can of nose jammer i've heard a lot of really good things about nose jammer but i was kind of one of those like i'd rather have no scent than any scent at all yeah so i never tried it i never gave it really the time of day and so i picked up a can of nose jammer on the way to the farm sprayed down real good i was supposed to be hunting that that clover plot on a west wind which i had been i I was only going to go there on a west well it was straight south so i figured well he's coming out of the south every single night It'll be perfect. I'm going to shoot him before he even were to get to the north side of the plot. Okay. So I sprayed down religiously with nose jammer, sprayed it on the on the blind, just like they kind of say, and yeah. sprayed it a little bit on my way in. And uh, unreal, I had them does come out, and they'd stick their nose up in the air, and they had, the one did, stuck her nose up in the air and went right back to eating. I mean, she sat there and fed for 20 more minutes after she did that. She fed for... 10 minutes, didn't notice anything, stuck her nose up in the air, smelled the nose jammer. Yeah. Went right back to feeding, nothing. That second buck that came in, that two-year-old, never even thought about it. Then by the time, at the end of the night, I checked my phone, checked the weather one more time, and the wind was pretty pretty low like it is in the early season. It was, I think we only had like six or seven, uh, six, seven mile an hour winds. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't much, but it was a, it was a south, it turned to southeast, which is not good for that blind at all i mean it completely did a 180 it was supposed to be southwest okay and then it as the night progressed it switched and it went to south and then to southeast Ah. and i'm like oh my goodness so then that buck came out from the northwest and it was blowing directly to him Mm -hmm. and he sat there and fed for 15 minutes and never once picked up his head so i mean i am uh i am a new believer in nose jammer yeah i I had a bad experience a couple years ago yeah last no yeah it was last year I sprayed some nose jam early season on my camera, and it had bucks on it, like the a week or like a few nights prior to it, all nocturnal. And then every night, every time I went back and checked, I had no activity on that cam, zero <laughs> activity. And so I kind of put a sour taste in my mouth. I was like, well, okay, well, uh, I'll, I'll, I have a little can left over. So because I, I never tried it before, when, 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 I, when I first bought, it's like oh, I'll try a little small one, see if I like it. And then that two weeks ago, when I sat on that Wednesday night where the wind was just every which direction, so it was like, I had, there's no good spot where I could set. So it was just, just like, I hope my scent game's on point. Now, a lot of my listeners already know this, but I use, I use um, uh, the uh, real earth smell. Yep. And I put it in all my, all my bins. Yep. And even in my scent blocker bag. And just, and it's like, it just, I even I put them for my shoes too, throw it all in there and it's worked it's been working for me for years it's like i've never been busted by smell i've always been busted by sight where they right. actually saw me move or something like that so it's like I, I'm, I, it's like something i'm not going to change or divert from at this point in time because I've, right. I've seen enough success well when i sprayed that that uh 
nose jammer and a 360 circle around me it's like i had dope start at four, 60 yards and work all the way up to, to nine yards i think like i explained to you earlier first time i've ever seen it so i am a firm believer in nose jammer and nose jammer is not a sponsor of this podcast so it's like the nice thing is they're only just based out of winona so it's like they're not that far away I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the bottom of the can, it's it's just one Winona, Minnesota. Like right here in in this little area, we have Tacticam out of Caledonia. We have uh, S, um, Smitty Strings out of Lacrosse yep. here, and we have Nose Jammer over there. Um, Badass Jerky, Reconics as well. Yeah, Reconics is in uh, Holman. Oh, Recon- I didn't know Reconics was over here. Yeah. No shit. Holman. Yeah. I had no idea. And then the Cuddybacks. Uh, well, that's further up north, but. Yeah, but they make it's like Wisconsin is like the place to be. Vortex, Matthews. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah well, Matthews. HHA. HHA is only an hour and a half, two yeah. hours. I know. It's like we, we live in the mecca of, of whitetail hunting here. Right. And when you see uh and then when you see Ben Stern, Benjamin Stern on his Facebook page showing him that you see his new contraption, he put the a grain bin or grain trailer. Yeah. And he put clothes off the top of it and he put his blind up on top of that. <laughs> it's like that's actually pretty smart because in this way then you hook it up to a uh Tractor, pull it where you need to go, and you're good to go. It's like, right. that's actually pretty smart. I had to give him a round of applause on that. Yeah, I like that. We did this year. I mean, it, I had thought about that because I had heard about it. Um, but this year we just built, because, you know, we're in the hill country here, so even all the fields that are up top, I mean, are all mm-hmm. up and down, up and oh, down. Yes. And So we built platforms this year. We had one that was like 10, 10 feet tall that we had built a couple of years ago for a farm that we hunted back home in central Wisconsin, brought that over here, disassembled it and then rebuilt it. And then I had saved up enough lumber between working for my grandpa, working construction this summer. Yeah. I saved up a bunch of lumber and then just bought the two sheets of plywood for the one that I killed Yukon out of. And that was perfect. I mean, just build a four foot platform and throw the blind, the ground blind on top of it just enough so you can see over the hills. It works perfect. Pretty smart, smart smart method there. It's like a, once I'm able to secure some private land, then whether either it comes to purchasing it or making getting good with somebody where I can actually do that, because that's like, I love to do that. Because if I can make a, like a permanent structure or semi-permanent for for the wife there, it, it'll get her to more to get out there in, this, in the wintertime when it gets cold and such. Right. Because she's not a cold fan, but it's like we've done a pretty good job of making sure she stays warm, like with the hot hands, electronic socks, um, that, that, that bundle that I won uh, at... Um, Warrens, it had a a the hand warmer thing right there. Yeah, like you just plug your your cell phone battery charger to it, like for and then you turns on, turns off when you turn that thing on. It's wow. like we got a heavy duty one, so it's designed to charge your cell phone from zero four times. It's wow, like a new like a new um, Samsung S10 or i10 i uh, yeah iPhone 11. So it it can last a good duration so it's like she tried it on good the other deal because it got kind of cold up here it's like oh let's try it out and, yeah and it worked just fine it warmed up real fast and it's like she really likes it so now i was just trying to figure out how to put orchestrate that and underneath her clothes too and wearing a bib and such so but uh dsg's got some really cool stuff yeah on Melrose, and it's like they have yep. some really nice uh attire but i any woman's as listed as podcast, I, they will tell me, no, you cannot buy your wife hunting gear for Christmas. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, uh, well it's saving it, me saving me some trouble. Yeah, because <laughs> like, girls are not always like that. Because you know, they are, they, they, like, they appreciate it, but it's not, not for a birthday, not for an anniversary, not for Christmas. Right. So it's like, if it's, if it's coming up to season, go for it. We missed their garage sale they held here a few weeks back, but that would have been well worth it because I've bought a lot of my gear from scent blocker 
yeah. up there in Cannon Falls, and when they do their uh, garage sale, it's like we've come out with some really good good deals. So it's like we got bibs, we got uh, reversible bibs. I got a pair of reversible bibs and a reversible coat. So this way, it's like it's it's great. So it's like I have early I got. Where I still have trees, and I don't know, it's all snow, so it works out great. Perfect. Face mask, so it's, it's like I've, I've kind of built a nice uh, uh, snow gear for it. The only thing is my bow right. is multi, or, yeah, real tree, so it's not that big a deal anyways. Deer aren't really paying that much attention to that no. small detail, as long as you can hide the major body. Yeah. So, yeah, going to, I recommend anybody out there, if you have a chance to get out to a manufacturer's garage sale or some type of a discount sale, take advantage of it. Yeah, you you can get some really good deals. There's a lot of those companies, even at the end of the year, they'll run, you know, 50, 60% off on their yeah. websites. Even, uh, yeah, that's what I like. That's I, the best time to buy is at the end of the season. Hands down, because they're trying to get ready for the next season. Like, that's how I bought a lot of, uh, I'm starting to make the transition from Sendblocker into First Light. Oh, yeah. So, and those, their, their material is high-end, but it's a little spendy. Right. So, and it's just like I'm looking at more the early season because like the late season stuff I really enjoy it and it's like and it's still really good condition so I see no reason to replace it but if I found somebody else that was my size or something that was like new to hunting you give me a, it, would, it would really give me the motivation it's like you can use my set and I'll just I'll go buy myself a new one but right. that day is not here yet right yeah I mean uh on top of like what you're saying with like the late season hunting, those blinds make a huge difference. You can take just a normal Walmart heater and throw that in there, and I mean you can hunt through pretty harsh conditions. Yes, I'm a I'm a real firm believer in blind hunting. I think you can get away with so much more movement too than you can out of a tree stand. Oh, 100 percent. If you look behind you, there we have a couple of uh, those are 63 inch poles there, and so we use the burlap saps because it's like it's 20 bucks. Right, it's easy to break down. It's like so. What we'll do is we'll divide and conquer. She'll take the bows. I'll take all that, all those materials, and we'll set them all up. And so this way we got this time we got them taller than where I set. So this way we can have two high points and then have like side curtains, and we just have our backup to um, some brush or some trees or something like this. So this way then we're kind of tucked in, so this way we don't have to worry about something trying to sneak in behind us. Right. And then we have the with the curtains drooping down because we have ones that go, I think they're like forty three inches, so they're pretty short. But this way then we'll be able to get up full draw and feel comfortable for it it's just that's when we're in there when we're setting together it's 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 gonna be it's gonna whosoever's got the better shot because neither one of us are gonna force something it's like i'm not gonna try to reach across her it's like well that's my buck i'm gonna shoot like nah it's, not, it's one of those things like you just pull the trigger right no sense and no sense in causing harm because i've learned what happens when uh when selfish gets in the way and you, and you lose hearing yeah that's why I've, I've not necessarily got PTSD for gun hunting. It's just like I've just kind of had a sour taste for it. Right. Even though I have an awesome thirty out six, I haven't taken it out to go hunting with it yet. Right. So, taking target practice, so I got a Vortex Crossfire too. Love it. I'm actually looking to get one of those too for one of my guns, a Vortex Crossfire too. Yeah. It's it, the eye relief is just so magnificent. Yeah. And uh, oh, I found, I picked up a pair of new Bush uh, Bushnells. Uh, okay. Let's see, I think they're twelve by fifty binoculars and it's like so when i was at walmart there they had different varieties they had some nikons they had some high-end ones they had ones that were like 150 to up to 250 dollars. so i tried both of those and i got a nice comparison and contrast and then it's like then i tried these ones out and really good eye relief really consistent quality for the lenses and it's like it was only 53 bucks Wow. So it's like, all right, fine, I'll buy that. I'll, I bought it. I bought it on the spot. Then I need. I know I need to get over to Fleet Farm because I need to get some more scent discs. Yeah. And they had the exact same model for eighty bucks, so I saved myself thirty dollars. Man, that's crazy. 
Yeah, so this is, it's just about all about shopping and looking for the good deals. Yeah. And then uh, October, or next, this upcoming Monday and Tuesday, it's it's Amazon uh, Amazon Day. Really? And so this, this is a good opportunity for those who are looking to buy new gear and stuff like that. It could be uh, an opportunity for them to capitalize on some really good deals. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't have to buy the high-end gear. You don't have to buy Sitka and stuff like that. Right. And granted, it's like, it is worth the money. Right. But it's something that you, you, you work your way up to, or or if you have the right traction, they'll give you some. Right. Yeah, you bet. I bet you you, you, you buy all yours, and I take it? Yeah, I bought all mine. Yeah. So Good. when you when you're looking at buying your Sitka set, what did you end up buying? Did you buy like a, a all season from light to heavy? Yeah. So we're like we're kind of hooked up with it through Takedown Adventures. Oh, okay. So that's kind of so how I yeah that's kind of how I got into it. Uh, but I went with a basically like an early season early season setup. Like I went with their Equinox pants, um, a midweight just quarter zip uh, for early season, then layering as it gets cold. And then I went with one of their Equinox hoodies, which is like a, like a basically a, a big hooded sweatshirt. Okay. Which is a full full zip, but kind of like a jacket too. All right. So that's like early season. That was that's what I wore the night that I shot them, and it was like in the low fifties. Okay. So with that, I was good. And then I also got their uh, Fanatic bibs and their Fanatic jacket for late season. Okay. And I kind of figured that I was only going to be able to wear that down into the thirties, and I was going to have to find something else maybe to wear middle of the season, but. Kate and I actually just went out this past weekend for a couple does, and it was chilly. It was, it was chilly. It like was. in the morning, it was it was in the Early? high thirties. Yeah, and then it was the one evening I wore it. It was in the upper forties, and I wore it, and I wasn't too hot. I just zipped up, and I wore that with just a long sleeve shirt, and it was perfect. So, so just to give the audience a, a well, since you have a discount, it's a little bit different. It's not it's not going to paint a full picture of it, but uh, you know, at least the, the information that you provide, Jake, you know, the, the, the audience can go and look and check it out. Now, what I, I, I my base layer, I don't use. Uh, I use an, actually a weird one. It's it's called WSI Sports. Okay. Now it's based out of Maple Grove, and what sold us on it is that there was uh, the owner and their staff were out there playing flag football and just their base layers only. Wow, that's it. And they had full face mask on. They had their gloves on, and they had their and their socks on. They make a make a complete head to toes base layer set. And it's like we fell in love with. It. I showed it, showed Alicia to us, like sold. So for Christmas, she bought me that complete set. It's well, it's, it's not. I didn't got all I got was the, uh, the the top half and the bottom half. So which is perfect. That's all I really wanted because I have everything right. else I needed. But that was still. 350 bucks yeah i mean that was special too yeah i mean if you want stuff i mean you definitely get what you pay for like like i said i've only had a month of experience with sitka but i mean you can tell just by putting it on like everything there was super well thought out Mm -hmm. and that it's just real quality gear like i mean just a couple times i've worn it like i don't you know what they say it's rated for as far as temperature like you don't need anything else but the the base layer that it has so i mean it's a great system. I definitely would recommend it. Um, I love it. Lacrosse Archery is a dealer for Sika too. So I mean, if anyone in the area is, is true, anyone in the area is looking for that stuff or any archery stuff, that's the place to go. I uh, can't remember the gentleman's name, but he, he's uh, friends with like Jocko Willink, and he's a Navy former Navy SEAL. Okay, I, I know the guy's name; it's on the tip of my tongue. But he's the one that d- designs all this stuff. Okay, and it's like you are right though. It's like it is. I view Sitka as like you're getting a custom tailored um three-piece suit 
Right. It's like you're going. It's going to cost you. Could have cost you over a grand, but if you if you're patient and you find your style that you like and you can wait a couple of years, you can find some really good deals out there. But like you said, a good high end, a well engineered pants and everything else like that it makes complete sense because like i get really nice good boots i get good socks it's like you really put thought into it now if you're just starting out there's ways to work around it oh yeah but uh if you're if you're a little more advanced where you have a couple where you working full time get or married you have a little bit more income then you can spend a little more time and looking for those deals and such and like you you don't feel as guilty spending the extra money especially like if you're going to plan out trips like if you you want to go out to nebraska if it's if it's doable right and that gets high wind it gets windy out there right yeah and the thing is like sick is all about the system that you have so you know what you pair it with and uh you know as far as base layers mid layers outer layers i mean if you can start by just buying you know one outer layer you know and then you kind of just work your way towards it so i mean it's something that's going to last you for a really long time like you're not going to have to buy new clothes every single year and it's also something that if you if you do spend a lot of time in the woods, I mean you're gonna you're gonna get your money back and the the quality that you you know you're buying. Yeah, exactly. Like I got um, I went to a uh, back hunters country and anglers meet meet and greet here back in 2018, and I won 100 bucks there. And so I just kind of waited, but I got myself a new baklava, I got some new gloves, I got uh, a new hat. So it's like it's I start start off with that, start chipping away. Yeah, like that right there. So that was over a hundred dollars in just those three items. So it's like, and I and I've been paid full price. I waited for them to go on sale. So it's like, it's just that's what you do. Right. And luckily for us, we have. Uh, if you ha- live in a town that's bio life, take advantage of it because it's a good way to make some money. Because uh, we have a friend of ours, uh, uh, the face. He's been on the podcast a couple of days, Smoothie, and he just got back from an awesome elk hunt. He got a three hundred and twenty class bull. Uh, wow. Bowl. Man. And uh, he he way he paid for his uh, new bow setup and his new camo gear all through BioLife because if you that's do awesome it, if you do it consistently yeah four times a month or well it'd be eight times a month for twelve months you can get right around that four thousand dollar mark that's a hunt out west yeah yeah that's pretty, a that's, good hunt out yeah. west too um, he told me that his hunt cost him five grand then then but I think he said overall was seven seventy five hundred because it's like that was included gas and food and uh, chew and everything else he brought with them too as well plus right. any backup stuff that he wanted to uh make sure he had so this way he wasn't um so well if something bad happens <laughs> right yeah like so so yeah so it's it's a thought process to put in the nice thing is he's not married so it's like it's it work he's able has a little bit more income to spread around right yeah i know if i if i go i'd like to start with like a do it your do it yourself DIY because I mean yeah because like Nebraska the tag I think I was telling you is like someone something around 260 yeah it's somewhere that 260 and then it's like 500 for a, a rifle tag right yeah so I mean that's if you do really it, reasonable for oh yeah a mule deer hunt well when I was looking around I mean Nebraska is by far the most affordable I'm sure their uh, mule deer population probably isn't quite what it is you know elsewhere if you go to Utah or Arizona or Montana but I mean 260 bucks for a you know for a tag out there and then a 10 hour drive i mean if you're gonna camp on public land and whatnot i mean you can do it for a pretty affordable price oh yeah for a couple uh, hundred bucks if you do it with a couple of buddies yeah yeah exactly i have a friend of mine bruce hutchin he did a, a uh, over-the-counter mule deer hunt out there in nebraska and he did just he drove out there and he organized the back of his cab to be able to have a sleeper in it nice for the back of his truck and so it's like it's just, it just uses perfect form it's like that's like like i was been 
with the truck I currently have, it's like it's 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 nice, but it doesn't get the gas mileage I'd like. Right. But it's like as I've been looking at other vehicles and to eventually move into, like I, I really put that in consideration, like because like I really like to be able to roll right out and go from there. Because what is it? Uh, at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay? Those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. Was it Solo Hunter? The other gentleman, what's his name? Not uh, Remy Warren, but what's the other gentleman's uh, name? I know who you're talking about, but. but I like what he did. He has like a simple 1500. He's got a nice sized tr- truck and a nice long bed. Mark Kenyon? No, because he, he's with that's, uh, that's uh, Meat Eater. He's with Meat Eater now. Meat, yeah, Meat Eater and uh, what's it? He has another podcast. Yeah, too. he has he his own podcast too. Wired to Hunt. Wired to Hunt. There we go. Yes. Yeah, he does a ton of that stuff. And uh, the what he did is uh, end up taking the cat. He got a, a, a uh, yeah a, a topper for his truck. Went and redid it, but like he put he put uh, carpet in there and stuff like that to create some insulation there. Redid the the door so when it opens up and closes and such. And this little and it's like really nice and comfy. It's like it's meets it'll meet your needs and it's like that's actually pretty smart so it's like i've been looking at different systems that you can buy but it's like one of those things where it's like if i want to put this kind of energy into it like if i can have a nicer newer bed right because like one i have right now it's a 91 it's it's it was a farm truck so it's got a lot of holes in it old uh, um so it's one of those things where i want to have a nicer bed where i can spray something into it because adele right. she's showing her age yeah I decided to call my truck Adele because she's thick and she's powerful and she's reliable. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, because it's like I've had her start up at negative fifteen degree weather and it's like, like a shit would not like without a problem. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. Good deal. Because we, uh, what ended up happening is that uh, my wife's car got so cold when we opened it up, it broke. The door handle broke, <laughs> and then on top of that, then the battery stopped working. All, all the same thing here. So it's like, all right, well, I'll fire up the truck and we got her going. Wow, took her to work, and that was the end of that. So it's like it was. It worked out pretty well, and it's like I put some more money over into her over the over the summer. So cool. she's, she's she's running pretty good, but she's only got ninety seven thousand miles, and she's a diesel seven three, and ninety one. So it's like she has wow. her. She hasn't even broken in yet. No, no, not even close. Uh, the nice thing is already been drilled to have a fifth wheel hitch to it. Cool. And, it's, and so it's it's a it's a it's a mover. But I tell you what, it's like it's like driving or riding in a log truck because it's very stiff. Yeah, very stiff. Because <laughs> like if you're driving through Lacrosse, which is 
the, some of the worst horrible roads out there. It's like, dun 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 Yeah, and you feel Pothole after pothole. Oh, yeah. Did you see that Quick Trip actually created a pizza called a pothole? It's like, look at that. Our, I didn't our, know that. Yeah, I just saw it on an advertisement on, <laughs> on Wednesday. It's like, how inspirational is that? This is, we, we, we'll call a pizza potholes and it's here in lacrosse go take a trip down lacrosse street oh god that that is that is <laughs> that's horrible. the worst one in town <laughs> yeah it is and the worst part is is like it, it's 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 the county and state fight over it back and forth because it's like county says it's theirs and state says it's theirs and it's like and it's, but it's, and then the mayor was last year two years ago wanted to just say fuck it and pay for it do it <laughs> do it himself and then the state says well we're not going to pay you back yeah and it's like come on yeah but then again it's like we should like what's what is our money? What is our tax dollar going really going to? The way we can't, we can't we can't be self efficient to do it ourselves, right? You know, it's like we we raise our kids to be independent. Why can't we be independent from the state? But then again, it's like we have a lot of uh, what's the word like a lot of democratic policies out there that allow to contribute to the ones that don't do very well in life. Mm-hmm. And what I've learned is that you have the opportunity to either be poor or be rich or be comfortable. And it's like rich is is it. Your own point of view. You can make seventy five grand and consider yourself rich, right? You know, and there's other people that's like, well, you have to have to be a millionaire to be rich. And it's like it's all it's all your perspective. It's all it right. is. It's like I'd be I'd be happy with seventy five hundred k a year. It's like not much stress. At least my bills are taken care of. And the biggest thing is like it's not your spending; it's your saving. Right. No, nope. I know what you mean. That's a big thing about it. It's like saving up your money to be able to purchase like these trips and stuff like that. And also for those who have been married for 20, 30 years, a lot of those guys, their recommendation is like, whatever you're going to budget for a hunt, you need to budget another one to 2000 for her. <laughs> Cause it's, it's like, but it makes sense. Like you, when you listen to Randy Newberg, when he talks about his marriage, it's like, would you rather be right? Or would you rather keep the peace? Keep the peace. Yeah. It's like, keep it's very, peace. it's, it's a very well, <laughs> piece of advice it's like it doesn't matter what age you are or how long you've been married it's like it's, it makes sense because there are some people out there that kind of have this ego about themselves but it's all about compromise and if you want to have a good good marriage you know it's like and we've seen the horror stories what happened to men and, and women that, that they're losing the battle, battle of a, a divorce but that's like I think it's but the nice thing is I got lucky and my wife likes to hunt so so it's like for me it's just like I just got to double the budget so whatever if we're going to go someplace like alright Got to figure out what you got to pair up. Yeah, so it's like it, it's nice to have that uh, um, bond, right? You know, I'm gonna have Hunter and his wife on in December, and I, those guys get real. Like he was hinting toward me that they get quite uh, competitive with it. Oh yeah. So I could because like she's been hunting for quite a few years too. Yeah. She's, I think they're about the same age as I am, but I think once Alicia gets a, gets a few successful kills underneath their belt or a nice big buck kill. I can see the competition and the shit talking, real stepping up because she can re- she can lay it down when we're fishing, and uh, we've learned that with every time we go out fishing with my dad, it's like it's it seems to be always two against one with me. It's like it's like I both coming at, <laughs> or if she's not catching any fish, and it's like if dad and I catch the fish, we're giving him all the sh- giving her all the shit. Right. Yep. I know what you mean. Lacey and I do the same thing. I was telling her even when she shot her buck, I was like, you know you. You're catching up on me, and then she just—I said that once, and that was just like fuel for her, and that's all I heard for the, you know the rest of the week. <laughs> and it was nice that I could top her at the end of the week. So, yeah, I, I guess you could. It's, it's like you, I just think it's like if you're both able to punch, you're a tag. It's just, it's successful as a unit, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I told her there's probably a pretty good chance like that's not going to happen the rest of our lives, and if it does, it's only going to happen a, probably a couple times. Yeah, I mean, to, for both of us to do it in the same week, the first week of the season, 
I mean, I'm having withdrawals right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I, have to back, I, dump. I have to get back out and shoot a couple of those, but yes. Well, so. at least you have your, you have gun season coming up too. So that yeah. you have that. So, cause you got a buck tag fact, didn't you? Yeah. So yep. I'm, I probably should go buy myself uh, my gun tag too for it. Cause yeah. it's like, I'm a, uh, cause this is the first time I'm hunting in Wisconsin. Okay. My, my tags only between me and my wife. Cause I also got small game, 15 bucks. Yeah, first time buyer. Yeah, first time buyers. I had no idea like how Wisconsin really rewards a first time hunter. Yeah, it's crazy. I went to go buy Lacey's tag the on uh, opening day, opening morning. I was buying her tag. We were at Walmart quick before we headed out. Yeah, and I was buying it online just while she was getting a couple groceries. And I was like, she's like, well, how much is it? I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, I have, I got it. She's like, how much yeah. is it? And I said, probably like, tw- I think it's like 24, I think is what a resident yes, is, yes. which is very reasonable oh, for a yes. resident tag. Oh, hell yeah. And cheaper than it's cheaper than Minnesota. Yeah. So then she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, it's not a big deal. I pull it up. It was like $5 and I don't know, 12 cents after tax. Yeah. It was just, on. I can't believe it. And you get, she got a buck tag and then our I'm trying to think Buffalo County, if they give out three doe tags or four doe tags. Oh, Either Jesus. ways, I mean, she's got, you know. She could put four or five deer in the freezer. I mean, we're not going to, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's insane. And then yeah. you go out and you buy your rifle tag, and that's another $5 for a first-time buyer. Mm-hmm. That's an, And you get the same thing. You get a buck tag, and then you get another three or four doe tags. Which so. is pretty which is pretty remarkable on all, all, all on that. Though. It's like, but the nice thing is that with that kind of thing, it gives a guy an opportunity to donate some of that meat. Give right. it to your friends. Give it to your family. Yep. You know, it's like I'm just gonna. It's like I'm gonna give you the deer. What you do with the deer at? Because it's like well, I might just just cape it, and then just give him the carcass. It's like, well, now it's your guys' decision if you want to get hamburger meat out of it, if you want to butcher it yourself, or whatever you want to do with it. Because this way, then it's like, I I I'm gonna give it to you free and clear, and you pay the money to have it processed the way you want. If you want jerky and stuff like that, because jerky is like. It's fun. It's nice to have, but it's like it's like not. I like I like uh, getting uh, deer sticks. Deer sticks. Deer sticks are good, but those are so expensive. I know. It's because depending on where you are, you're almost like some some charge almost nine bucks a pound. Yeah, it's insane. I know. We usually do sticks, and then late like Lacey's old deer, we did burger. Nice. We grow we grow uh, grown a burger into that, and then I like steaks. So I'll do a lot of steaks. I'll try to shoot one doe, do as much steak as I can, then do another one and do more burger. Yeah. But uh, I would imagine I probably I'm gonna try to shoot. We have a ton of does on our property. Yeah. Let's try to get that ratio into check. But I would guess I'll probably shoot two or three. Mm-hmm. And then depending on if Caden's able to. I mean, if Caden's going to hunt after a buck the rest of the year and doesn't have a day where he's able to go out for a doe, really. Because, you know, he's two and a half hours away. Yeah. So it's, if it's I got to shoot a, a couple does for him, then then I will. But otherwise, I would plan on two or th- I'm going to try to shoot two or three. And then hopefully Caden will get two and. It'll be we'll probably have around five or six that we'll try to take off the farm this year. That'd be fantastic, yeah. And if you want me to come on out, just just say hey, we get, you got permission, and it's like yeah, I'll help you call that call those deer, those does down too as well. Yeah, you bet. Man, we've talked a lot of, a lot of cool stuff here. Is um, what do you have coming up in the future? What's the next? What's like besides hunting? Besides hunting, well, I'm, I'll be heading out uh, with Takedown Adventures again. We kind of talked about that. Yeah, in our the last first podcast. Po- yeah, yep, our first podcast. We talked about Takedown Adventures. I've been working with them. Yes, um, I'll be heading out to. I go to Minneapolis on Sunday evening for an event, um, Monday and Tuesday. Okay, and then we head down to Warren Valley, down by the Milwaukee area. Okay, we go down there for an event on Wednesday, come back for a couple days, um, catch up on some schoolwork. And then Sunday night, I fly out and I head down to, and where are we next, or that week after? I'll be down in Arkansas, 
Oklahoma and Texas for a full week there, five wow. days. So I'll be gone Sunday through Friday. Wow, that's gonna be a, that's gonna and it, it's gonna be every single day nonstop. Too bad there wasn't a, a wasn't a way to talk to the old, the old boss like, hey, can we do another day just to go out go out hunting? Yeah, I know, no kidding. Because I'd like to eventually do a hunt down there, but no, it'll be good. You know, get people back outside. Our saying right now is getting America back outside. That's our kind of our tour name for the yeah, fall. I don't blame you. Everyone's been cooped up inside, and get them back outside and educate, excite, and empower them. So, yeah, I was talking to my dad on Sunday. Because it's like I was trying to find out, like I was hoping to maybe like next week take that whole week off and go and just spend it with him, go fishing and uh, down there in Iowa and go camping. Right. And uh, so when he was talking about it, like he said, there's a lot of fishing holes that these guys normally hit go go after. They're they're not producing like they should. And so with the because he experienced a lot of people this summer with the whole COVID thing. It's like well, nobody's going out and spending money in the bars and restaurants and spending money in stores. So it's like everybody decided to go out to the field, go out to the, the lake. So they're so they're trying to get, get an idea what to do. So I'm gonna talk to him this weekend to find out what his report was because this guy he's got a like he's got 16, 20 guys fishing all different parts of northern from from pretty much from Decorah all the way out to Sioux City. So it's like, and who knows if we get lucky, I'd like to go out. It'd be fun to go out to Okoboji and go fishing out there because he be went nice. out there a couple of weeks ago and I haven't I haven't actually had a chance to follow up with him to find out what his um. What what they ended up pulling off there? Because cool. it's like I need, I want to get some more fish because I gotta I just like having more fish in my in my uh, freezer because it's like when I have guests come over it's like you know like right. we, we put on a feast yeah because tonight's were real delicious excellent um, excellent yeah, my wife my wife is a good good cook so that's what I'm looking at trying to pull off here and besides going to set and trying to try different couple good spots. Deal. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Oh, and then also trying to go down to Southern Iowa and, and maybe uh, uh, go do some fishing down there and then maybe set with those guys like I was telling you earlier on because I have some friends that live down in Southern Iowa and they're known for pu- pu- uh, pulling big bucks out there too to hard times down towards the Tumla and uh, Centerville and such. And it, it's yep. like, I'm not, I can't hunt it, but it's like, it'd be fun just to go down there and like rattle for them or call or, <laughs> or even. Um, I record if they want to if they want to go that far in recording so right so it'd be fun because it's like my buddy just he's uh, just got done doing a project for the last few months and so he's back home with his with his parents so it's like and they live on uh, 220 acre land then uh, Ben Harrison is coming out and it's like I want to try to it's like it's it's the worst part it's like he's coming out during the rut here too as well so it's like right how can I meet him face to face and do everything else I want to do too? And it's like, you, he's coming to, he's going to be hunting just South of uh, Cedar Rapids there. So okay. now mind you, it's like anything, any details I'm giving is always counting or two off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping to be able to meet up with him. Cause we've had some really cool conversation. I told uh, Hunter and Matt and uh, Ben, it's like, come on up, let's go out, let's go out hunting. Cause at least here we can, we can get on some public land real fast. And it's like the, the price tag is very reasonable. I'm hoping to be able to do, have people come up and have a house where we actually have a bedroom where they can come and chill. This is what I'm paying to have a, Stay in a hotel or something like that, right? Or Airbnb or some shit. Well, cool. That'll be fun. Yeah, it's it's nice because it's something like, to look forward to. Yeah, it's with the bow hunting league that those guys are doing. Those guys are just blowing up, and we're developing some really cool friendships. So it's like I would like to, I want to go out to Kentucky and Tennessee to go hunt out there just because I haven't been to either one of those states. So right. I want to cross them off my list. Well, better to do that than it is to go out there fishing. Yeah, we're doing that this year. Chris and uh, Caden and I are. Oh, so, that's, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. So right now I. 
Hopefully, I can stay up there in the King of Tines because as of right now, they they do that like public land trip at the okay. end of the year for like the top ten guys in the King of Tines, which you can I think you can register more than one deer. So, I mean, I would imagine I'll get passed up. I think right now, like I'm somewhere around like third place. So as of right now, I'd get oh, to for go, the for bow hunting league. Yeah, yeah. So as of right now, I get to go down on that public land trip at. Uh, I think they usually do it in like January down oh. down in the deep south. So that'd be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. But. Uh, We'll have to well, see where that goes. Matt's pretty competitive because last year he had a hell of a year. He pulled a couple of 160s, 150. I mean, he yeah. shot – well, if you listen to this, that podcast, it's very intense because it's a, he shot three major – three beautiful bucks. Right. He's got a and – like, and on top of that, too, he, he did a really good idea, gave people an, a, an impression of how to – what he, when he does his e-scouting and how to – what to look for and such. And luckily, luckily for us here, it's like – what he mentioned is what we what we hunt in anyway, so it helps out. But he said, like when he when he does these trips to Kentucky and to Tennessee and to Indiana and Ohio, it's like he just kind of has everything planned out when he gets out there, and then just using uh, word of mouth from other people inside the the group and such. So it's pretty cool. Then you yeah. got there's another group called Hunting for uh, Connections. Okay, and it's. One one half is a dating site, and the other half is just <laughs> like make, connecting people. Like, let's say you want to go a DIY hunt, okay, out in elk, um, do an elk hunt in uh, Wyoming. Right, you can put out there like, hey, I'm going out there hunting. Is there anybody else that's like is, knows anything about this particular region, or if anybody's free, would anybody want mind joining me for the hunt? Okay, you know, cool. just to just to have more people part of the whole thing because like I would like I, t- I have a friend of mine lives in Arizona and I told him I was like if you if you can afford that buffalo tag and never get drawn it's like I will qu- I'll stop everything I'll go out there and I'll help you hunt <laughs> it and butcher it because it's like I just want to be part of a big uh, that'd be awesome big bu- uh, butcher of a buffalo that'd be pretty cool yeah bucket was, list hunt there that'd be, uh, be it would be pretty interesting there but it's 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 uh out of state's pretty spendy it's it's like a five thousand dollar tag in state it's still like two grand or something like that then yeah. you have to get drawn for your preference points and stuff like that uh i was kind of hoping this this fall i had a couple of friends of mine that get both pulled bear tags but they weren't able to con- they weren't able to connect with anybody so it, it, was, it was unfortunate but uh, i wasn't able to get my hand inside of a, a chest cavity of a black bear but mm-hmm. um we've gotten some pretty massive black bear shot this year did you did you see that post from the yeah, the, the yeah i saw gal? you yeah i saw you uh reshared that or whatever and oh yeah so, and I, I tried keeping up the details and stuff like that with the whole thing it's like that's just a massive bore that's crazy and it's like she came in at 8 12 um not dressed as what they that, that they they estimated for it and after it was dressed it was still still like 700 something that's insane it's just a, but it's like just think of a bear that old walking in at you know 20 yards yeah <sighs> i have no idea how far she shot it but she was using an, an ar platform and she'd not she, killed it but it's like there's pictures of them up there with the dnr so like all around it because like this is a once a lifetime bear oh for sure and it's like and it's, there, there's there wisconsin doesn't do a state record for bear but she'll be oh she'll be in b and c and and uh, sci and all those other all right those other ones there that that count bears part of the tro- not just for the, the the data data collection because it's not it's not necessarily a trophy the trophy is actually the memory right oh for the, sure the animal is just proof that you did it right <laughs> no i agree with you 100 percent. i think that's the thing is what it comes down to is like when people think about like when they see your big 180 class buck here and it's like oh that's a beautiful trophy it's like no the trophy is a memory this oh, is yeah. just proof i actually did it right <laughs> i told caden i mean all the memories that went into this deer were all the work that we had before yeah. you know beforehand you know, taking all the all the stuff that we learned last year when we started hunting it in mid October, to you know this year. I mean, we strategized these food plots and whatnot. 
that way we'd stay out of the woods no intrusion um had all of our work done before august this year food plots and everything were in the last week of august and then i mean we stayed out didn't go into the woods never tromped around i mean this buck wasn't pressured at all and i mean you could you could tell you yeah. know when he came out like i wish i would have learned this like five six years ago it wasn't until the last three years we're really clicked it's like spending like doing you know where they're at right but you're standing all that time around the outside of it and you're you're just working you just gotta wait and you're in this way that's like if you, if you the less presence you have inside the less they're gonna learn about you because it's like there's been times where you can, where i've walked out on the property never seen a single thing so they couldn't really they don't see you they can't pattern you right and so you just figure out them with the trail cams and that's where you make the adjustment and with you guys putting in that clover spot for yukon that's just genius right there yeah. And that's what I'm doing right now because like I'm hunting this public parcels that I showed you, and it's like I am just staying. I'm doing less. I just I'm staying in the outskirts, seeing what they do, and right. trying to hopefully then just kind of as I hunt it, learn as the season changes because it's like so far I've been hunting them since September, I've gotten out there at least once or twice a week because it's it is public land, so there's pressure to it, and which I've noticed too because from opening weekend, uh, opening night, my daughter and I drove out there and we saw 25 deer. Wow, and now it's like we were lucky to see maybe nine. Okay, so it's, so you have seen a, a, a an increase of pressure. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely it, and that's why I kind of wanted to get on this deer too, uh, as early as I could because I wasn't sure how many how many of the neighbors knew about them or you know just how much pressure in general they were going to be. I, you know, actually our cameras have went really dead the last, you know, last two weeks even. We went out this weekend and Caden hunted four days in a row and all in different spots to kind of try to mix it up and not pressure, you know, his best spot where he's going to focus his energy on. I think the rest of the year, you know, trying not to, you know, waste that right away. Yeah. And it's been, it's been pretty, pretty dead. Even with the big temperature drop and the moon phase was perfect and it just, I'm not sure it just kind of died. So I'm glad that we were able to get on him when we did because... I would have been I would have been really nervous if I would have got to this point without killing him. So, yeah. so no. When you pay attention to the moon phase, how do you strategize around the new moon and the full moon? Um. So actually, I I've I always keep track of a deer log on my computer. I'll open up like an Excel spreadsheet and I put the moon phase, all that stuff. And a lot of it I've actually learned from the juries, uh, and they've always you know preached on the full moon how the full moon's really good. And I based on my logs, I've the full moon, I completely agree with what they're saying. I've, I see more movement with the full moon. So the five to ten days before the full moon, um, the moon's rising anywhere from usually like 2 o'clock in the afternoon till dark. So okay. when that moon's rising during their normal feeding patterns, they typically tend to get up on their feet and eat. So say like the full moon this year I think was October 1st. So September 28th, September 28th the moon's rising at... I'm guessing it was somewhere around like 5:45. So when that moon's rising, when they're you know their normal feeding time, okay, I typically see more movement. And that I mean it was it's been dead on the last the last three years that I've you know kept track of it. It's okay. been it's been dead on actually the two years prior. So in 2019 and 2018, I seen the two biggest bucks on our farm up in Buffalo. Yeah, like three days before the full moon. It just I mean it's it's like it seems to be like clockwork every year. And then the five to ten days after the full moon, typically mornings are really good because the, you know, the moon's setting at that time in the morning. So the moon's setting at eight o'clock, you know, nine o'clock. So okay, that makes... so I would I would project that at the end of the month, 
you'll see really good movement in the evening from like the 25th to the 31st because I think the next full moon is on the 31st yeah. on Halloween. Yeah, it is. There's, there's some interesting stuff coming out about the, the, the ones that are hardcore into the biblical aspect of everything and such so right yeah but you are right though the the it's supposed because it's like we're that's the time that's right. the date we fall back an hour which is both which is weird because it's like you know deer don't need it we don't need to do it anymore anyways because there's there's proven to be no value for the whole process so it would be nice that we can get off of that because i when i lived out in arizona we never had that right so it's like it's like we never time never changed it's just like it changed around <laughs> us yeah right so, but I would project that, like, the end of the month, I would say, like, the 20, 20, even the 23rd, like, the 23rd to the 1st, if we get a cold front somewhere in there, I think that's going to be the night that, you know, someone has success or Caden's able to have success in our piece. And then them first them first 10 days of November, I would I would guess that the, the daytime movement in the mornings is going to be really, really good. Yeah, yeah, because so, it's gonna be because they're gonna put it right at the rut, of course. So right. yeah, because the full moon is on the thirty first, and then right. yeah, because uh, my wife and I are gonna probably gonna hunt the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth, and twenty fifth, pretty consistently. Right. Yeah, that should be a good. I mean, that's a really good time to pick up mature bucks too on their feet. I've seen yeah. a lot of mature bucks um, that last couple week, the last two weeks of October there. So yeah, because I know last year um, in the beginning of the month, right around the eighth, it's like I saw a lot of morning movement. Um, up and coming up to or come or after the the full moon, yeah, and so that's where we've actually saw a really clear view picture of Darkman or not Darkman but Maverick, and then I saw I've got a uh, really good picture of Darkman as well. So it's like those guys, then it's like they're all showing right up, like you said, right in the morning during that time frame. It's like yeah, so it's like it's, I've, I've I've listened to them because when um, when a first couple of podcasts of Wired Hunt, yeah. Uh, he was able to get uh, the jurors on there. They mentioned that. And I was like, that was really insightful to really well, play that. And it's like, and I listened to like um, St- uh, Randy Newberg. It's like, but then again, he gets just gets up and walks around, so he has a little more freedom to do so. He right. doesn't really care too much about it because he's always hunting. Right. So, right. I think. I mean, I because I always thought I had always heard from everyone like, oh, the, you know, the deer don't move during the full moon. But I tell you what, they. I mean, you could not be more wrong on that theory, in my opinion. I think. The juries have proven it time in and time out. I use their DeerCast app. Yes, I, I have. I've done it a few cr- times. It's crazy. I think it's. I think it's crazy accurate. That's that's actually why I started doing my my deer logs a couple of years back. Was when they first came out with DeerCast. I was like, well, I really want to see, you know, how accurate this is. I kept track of moon phase, barometric pressure, temperature, time of day, all that stuff, and uh, cloud cover, wind direction, wind speed, and I mean, it is. It was like dead on. So. That is fantastic. I was looking for uh, uh, some of those big, de- some of those big deer. Like I was looking for Dark Man, but it's like one of my conversations I knew it was in, but it wasn't it wasn't there anymore. But I have another spot. Another person I send these to was to send them to Matt when uh, to, like this is my goal is to put a veteran inside one of these. Oh nope, that's not it either. Well, anyways. I think we're pretty much caught up with everything here. I'm I'm pretty well satisfied here. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah so am I. Looking forward to the rest of the year and hoping Me too. you guys can knock something down now. 100%, man. And, and, I can, and I'm hoping that we can be able to get Caden out here so we can talk about his experience and cross our fingers. He's got that, that Big Ten shows up. Yeah, hopefully the next time he's on, he's talking about a big deer and he's got a set of antlers with him too. Yeah, d- does he have a name for it yet? Yeah, we named him, we named him Kevin, actually. He's like Kevin. A, it's, it's, a, it's a weird name. We've I mean, it's, it's diff. I guess it's not really different. It's 
like a normal person's name, yeah. but his uh, he last year he was just kind of like a tall deer, and he was just kind of like a weird ten. It wasn't like really anything special. And his cousin Devin, we always call Kevin, and like give him a hard time, and we're like, man, that deer just looks like a Kevin. So we call him <laughs> Kevin. You know, like we have all these other deer that you know have you know good names like mm-hmm. scissor hands pretty boy pumpkin head all these that are like actually <laughs> decent like deer names and then kevin and that's he's awesome just, and that the other food plot we planted is you know we planted it for that deer we had him on last year in the mm-hmm. daylight a couple times as a four-year-old and so my guess is that he shouldn't at least have an encounter with him at the end of the month or early november so yeah hoping that works out for him because he's put in the time you know with me so yes it'd be pretty awesome if we could both benefit from it that'd be fantastic well thank you jake for coming on the podcast again thank you everybody for tuning in and i'm gonna let you go yeah thank you